Ice and Fire have met. If you love Game of Thrones and you haven't picked up A Song of Ice and Fire, now is the time. iBooks has an exclusive version of George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones called the Enhanced Editions that help you keep track of the storylines and the characters in a fun and interactive way. You'll never need to consult the Targaryen family tree again. These books are available exclusively on iBooks. Go to apple.co slash Game of Thrones to check them out. They're not available in all countries, but they're probably available where you live. That's apple.co slash Game of Thrones. Another episode of Game of Owns. Join us, won't you? Thank you, Lord Varys. That's perfect. <laughs> if you thought this podcast has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. That's what a way to just come out of the gate. <laughs> this is our 377th episode, and we're halfway through week three of season seven. That's a lot of time that's passed. We're Holy almost crap. halfway through season seven, period. Oh, God. Let that sink in for a second. And today we're joined by an all-star cast of guests. As we talked about what we wanted to do this season and the types of guests that we wanted to have on our show with us and who from the community was important to talk with and who we were most excited to kind of hang out with throughout the season, one of the first things that we thought of was the folks who send in their owns all the time and who are the ones who are (laughs) tweeting at us and hanging out with us and participating with us. And so I think there's no better way to celebrate episode three than with, I don't know what to call you guys, but the best (laughs) our squad. (laughs) Can we go around the circle and introduce everyone that's here? Some of you listening, most of you listening will recognize these names. Mm -hmm. These are I mean, Should we have them they give need their no twi- introduction. Give their Twitter handle as well. Uh, I am at Heathen King. Um, Heathen King. My name is Grant. And uh, I love you guys. I've been listening to Game of Owns for years now. Um, I discovered you guys, I think, the day after Hard Home. Wow. And it was like, you guys were so just reverential of what you were like. What did we just witness here? What just happened? And just the right, like the 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 Knights King just rising up, and it was like, man, I love these guys. I gotta I gotta stick around with them. And then uh, you guys <laughs> went into like uh, book season, and uh, I continued listening and was like, well, I'm just gonna attempt to send an own and see what happens. Little did you know. <laughs> yeah, and here we are. <laughs> well, thank you for coming, Grant. Thank you for having me. Who wants to go next? Um, I'm Beauty Brienne on Twitter. This is Brienne of Tarth, everyone. <laughs> the one and the only. Brienne of Tarth. <laughs> Not actual Gwendolyn Christie, unfortunately. <laughs> My real name is Marianne, and I don't even remember when I found the show. I just, um, I remembered seeing posts on well, Winter is Coming First and then Watchers on the Wall, and I decided to give it a try, but I couldn't jump in halfway, so I had to start at the very beginning and then just binge it until i caught up and um it's hardcore i don't even remember when it was but i figured eventually sending it a no one wouldn't kill me and it hasn't so far (laughs) you're just one of the all-star owners of all time of our entire podcast you have such a nice soft voice we got to meet you in nashville at con of thrones you're such a lovely person and some of your owns are cutting oh (laughs) 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 um i don't know it's it's nice I mean, it's nice to interact with other fans and everything like that. And I'm far more eloquent on Twitter than I am on here. So you guys are in for a night. But um, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's, I feel like, you know, with the owns and everything, it's, it just adds a sense of community to everything. We're so glad you came. Now you guys get to fight over it, Calhouns. (laughs) You're older. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Um, I'm Amy Calhoun at acal6888 on Twitter. Um, I think you guys were my first Game of Thrones podcast that I found when I started. I So the first season that I watched live was season five. So I listened to you guys starting from then. And then I went back and started from the beginning, chapter one, and listened to all the book chapters after that. 
Um, in terms of owns, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to echo what, uh, Beauty Brianne said, and it's, it's a sense of community on here that you don't necessarily get in real life all the time. So the word on the street is it's become a family affair in the Calhoun household. <laughs> sure has. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I think Jen needs no introduction either. Uh, hi, I'm Jen Calhoun, the younger sister of Amy Calhoun. Um, you guys pretty much just refer to me as Jen Calhoun, but my handle is Calhouner. <laughs> um, um, I got involved in the podcast. I think it was Amy. Actually, we were on vacation and I was like, I need something to do. Sorry, mom. <laughs> I needed something to do on the beach. <laughs> and she was like, you need to listen to this podcast. And it was right before Hard Home. And uh, yeah, it's been no looking back since. And I we really got in hardcore when we went to go to uh, your show in New York. We had a, what was that, Rave of Thrones? And- oh, you guys got to go to oh, that? yeah. She yes, did. I didn't row. go. <laughs> it was my birthday present. Thanks, Amy. Oh, man. And you guys made it to Con of Thrones in Nashville. I remember mm-hmm. meeting you guys Dude. at the the podcast meetup. We've talked yeah. about it on some other, other episodes, but how yeah. warm was that room? Oh, my God. It was, was wonderful. Amazing. That was the best moment of... I was more nervous Agreed. to meet you guys. <laughs> oh, I was so <laughs> nervous to meet them. People who tweet us all the time. Like, I can't believe it. I'm like so stressed out about it but we had such a nice time hannah and i've been so excited to record this episode and to have you guys on and it would have been amazing to have everyone on obviously but i think we're already we're already juggling a handful of voices here so this is an experimental recording but what better we can be fun to to do it than john and daenerys john (laughs) eric you mean (laughs) so how does everyone feel right now Yeah, give us some like broad, before we kind of dive into our discussion questions, just some broad overall thoughts and feelings about this episode and feel free to just jump in and kind of. Okay, it was only for a split second, but can we talk about how how tired Mira Reed looks? Mm. I know. She's going to give her a hug (laughs) and a bath and then put her to bed. She just, she doesn't want to be here. She's been dragged, she was dragged along by her brother who died three seasons ago, who was blown (laughs) up by a pumpkin bomb. (laughs) And she's just, she's done. (laughs) Poor girl. I just. Well, can we talk about um, how. Bran, the the Bran and Sansa interaction at the Weirwood Tree, and Sansa just oh leaves him there, and Bran is very confident <laughs> that he will somehow get back to the castle alone by himself. I completely forgot about that. Be. <laughs> Unless Mir is like creeping in the side in the side of the woods or something. He, but. He's Doc Manhattan now. He can just blink his eyes yes. and he'll he'll go back in the winter. Mm, how convenient! Next on Mars. It seems like it's just not important to him where he is because he's all places at all times, yeah. just like Peter Baelish. Oh God! <laughs> well, and what was so weird about that conversation was he was basically just telling Sansa to, you know, just be prepared for every eventuality. That's all he was really saying. But he said mm-hmm. it in such a way that it was just like, "Listen to me, I'm a philosophy cool philosophy school dropout." You know, like, <laughs> hey, I studied philosophy. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I dropped out. He sounded sorry. like he was about to be locked in a ward somewhere, and this was kind of his last conversation where he's committed somewhere. I think you're onto something there. I hope Brianne. I am. Can I call you Brian? Yes. Do I need to start with like. beauty? If you like. I mean, yes. I, I don't mind a compliment, but... I think this might make some sense of what you're talking about. We had a series of tweets DM'd to us by Haley Bowery of the Manimals, who played a Con of Thrones, and uh, it's important that we read these. Um, Dan Angeluki on Twitter at Lukey in the sky. I don't know if he sent any owns, but this set surely works. He made a photo set. It says, I put Jaden Smith tweets on brand Stark," <laughs> and it checks out. So I'm going to read a couple of these. How can mirrors be real? If our eyes aren't real. Oh, I saw <laughs> next up. Trees are never sad. Look at them every once in a while. They're quite beautiful. Okay. Here's true. another one. I'm 13. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, That's every the best word one so far. is capitalized at the beginning. Here's here's a, a good one. UFOs. <laughs> Apostro- with an apostrophe. <laughs> yeah, with an apostrophe. <laughs> so does that shed any light on the brand situation with you, Marianne? A little bit. See, to me, it just sounds like he's 
like I've been calling him Brandbot three thousand in my head, and it's like he's downloading software patches, and it's not going very well. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's an excellent I, metaphor. <laughs> I used to work in IT, and every so often you'd get a update that went bad, and you'd have to roll the whole system back. Yep. And to me, that's what it looks like he's going towards. Even though I know that's, I mean, he's he's doing something weird, but he's just he's not human right now. Like not in in his mind. Yeah, it's that it's that uh, that trope of a Superman who becomes so detached from humanity that that's why like Doc Manhattan is a is a great example of from Watchmen. It's somebody who just they've they've escalated so far and they're just so above humanity that they mm-hmm. can't even connect with anyone. Well, we had this interview, I'm not sure if you guys were all able to see with Hempstead Wright this week, who talked about how he is a three-eyed raven, he's not Bran Stark, which means he's really just a vehicle for the greater world's fate. And that basically he's this whole new character at this point. Um, and so we can't even look at him as Bran anymore. We should be looking at him as the three-eyed raven. You know, I don't know, again, I, what that means. I don't know, but I think that's an interesting insight. It makes sense, but if he's a three-eyed raven, then where did Bran go? Like, is it like when Theon turned into Reek and he just kind of devolved or something like that? I think Sansa was trying to ask these questions, and he was just like, you <laughs> yeah. can never understand. Do you think it has something to do with the fact raven that now. maybe he's seen so much that he j- understands how futile time and identity is, and he's just like, I've seen everything, now I just have to coast through it, and so he's just sort of detached? I think it's partly that, and then partly he just might be overwhelmed, because if you see everything that ever has been or ever ever will be, your brain can't handle it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're the Three-Eyed Raven, if you're Jaden Smith, if you're Bran, <laughs> you just, <laughs> you can't process all of that as fast as, as you should. Can we talk about the moment he chose to, like, tell Sansa, like, oh, man. hey, this is, uh, oh, that this was is a what I can do. Jerk move. It really was. <laughs> yeah, what was There's that also, about? like, it's not even just that, like, he picked an awful moment, but he, like, all he said was, uh, it was, uh, it was snowing during your wedding and you were wearing white, which is like, yeah. <laughs> and you like, looked very Anybody beautiful. could have just guessed that. Um, so he, like, he could have just said, like, anything. He could have said, remember that afternoon where that person you didn't like was shoved off of the walls of Winterfell <laughs> and she fell very hard. <laughs> That was memorable. Yeah. And then you jumped off of the wall into a snowdrift and survived the entire way down. Say almost anything Without else. Without any injury whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. You could have told her about that. You could have picked literally anything else. Well, then I think we have to assume that it has something to do with what happens because it just seems, especially placed right beside the Baelish quote, doesn't it just seem too heavy for you guys to just, yeah, I don't know, it was, I can't. It was, it's a way to convey a certain amount of information to her. With that, it's hard to describe because I think it's going to come into play like next episode or the the episode after that where she's going to realize, oh, the, whatever he says, I can I can trust what he's saying. Uh, no matter mm-hmm. what, mm-hmm. because he, he can see it. He, he needs to prove it to her somehow. And that's the most devastating way to prove it to her. So it needed to be dark is what you're saying. It needed to be like something that definitely grabbed her attention and... Hmm. Nothing more attention grabbing than the most traumatic experience of your life. Mm-hmm. Awful as it may be. All of this is tied in exactly with one of the questions that we asked this week in our discussion question roundup. The question is Bran tells Sansa he needs to talk to John. What is Bran so eager to reveal to John? What does Bran's return to Winterfell mean for the North? So curious to hear your guys' thoughts on specifically what it is that Bran's going to tell John, what we hope that he's going to tell John, and why Sansa understanding that he's legit is so important in in all of that. I think we all know that it's R plus L equals J. But I think we all hope. <laughs> that, does he know? Does he know who's who John's father is? Because as far as we know, he just saw him being born. I think that's the that's the rub of why it's important for him to talk to John. We all kind of know we 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 know his parentage, but. Why is it important for him, for Bran, whose who's one goal is to fight the White Walkers? Like, why is that revelation so important to it? And the only thing I can think of is that it gives him a claim to the throne, um, being the firstborn son's son. 
and that can somehow unite the realm or something along those lines to go fight the White Walkers. It can also give him access to a dragon, which yes. could potentially be yes. important. I wonder if if John does become a dragon rider, if if it begins with he's a Targaryen, we can trust what Bran says. So you should let him approach the dragons and see what happens, mm-hmm. or will it be look at John, they get along so well, and here's this information, and then it makes more sense to John because he felt so close to them already. I think yeah. the latter. I hope it's the latter. You think so? I hope so. I don't know if hope and thinking is the same thing, but I think that it's much more poetic for the dragons to either be paying special attention to John or for them to have him to have some sort of special connection and then finding out that that's because he has Targaryen blood in him. I liked where you're headed with that though, Grant, because like you said, if Bran's main goal is to, I guess, defeat or ride out, or I guess we don't really know what he knows is the conclusion of this, right. I guess, catastrophe on Planetos. But whatever it is, I, I suppose he sees it as the best option. That I mean, he's still Bran Stark, no matter how much we've lost. So I'm going to assume at this point that he's still a good guy, if there is a good guy. <laughs> and so if what you're saying is true, then if he needs to talk to John, you're definitely right. It has something to do with saving the world. So it's like, I guess we, we could just assume whatever he tells John will be the crux of. Right. That means that's part of his death. That's so cool to think about. It's it's what does the revelation have to do with winning, I guess. And what does it lead to? Yeah. Bran also knows where the White Walkers came from and how they were created by the children. Right. Oh, yeah. That, mm-hmm. that could be something that um, is going to help John. Bran also knows that Benjen's alive. Well, kind of alive. <laughs> He's like, I need to see John. John, Benjen's kind of alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only piece of info I have to give him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Honestly, that would be really important for John to hear. It would make him feel good. Well, it was because he was looking for Benjen for ever. Yeah. Really. I think it's interesting because so much of assumption, I think, since the episode aired on Sunday is that, well, obviously this is R plus L equals J. That has to be the answer. But I really like all these other ideas of Brand being able to give a lot of insight to John and what's going on in the North because he's spent an unbelievable amount of time there that maybe something outside this R plus L equals J realm could be even more beneficial than him understanding at this point what his parentage is. What do you think mm-hmm. it could be? What has he learned? What Brand saw in the first episode. Yeah. What has he learned? Well, he knows about everything. The dragon. Well, was it dragon glass that they used? Yeah. 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 He knows about that, which John already knows. The mark? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. There is that, yeah. There is the mark problem. Yeah, he could tell John, you know, I may have accidentally done something stupid. <laughs> hey, John, I messed up. The wall's coming down because I came through. He's not going to hear. Local man ruins everything. Deadpan delivery when he tells John, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> And by the way, no you remorse. looked really beautiful the night you and Gret were in the cave. Also, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Maybe that's why Bran looks so hollow, because he's seen things that a boy that age should not see. I know. Aww. He's only 13. UFOs. Apostrophe. <laughs> I know. So what does Bran's return to Winterfell mean for the North? He's turned down position as Lord of Winterfell. What does it mean? I know he's turned down the position of Lord of, of Winterfell, but I think it's going to throw Littlefinger off guard a little bit because no one was expecting Bran to just pop back into existence. And he might still see Bran as a threat to his whatever he's doing. I don't know. But um, I'd be interested to see how he reacts to Bran coming back. Did they ever solve the assassin problem in the show? No. Cat's paw is still out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they've been they've been hammering on that cat's paw mm-hmm. dagger. A ton this season, yeah. Well, they've never come out and said anything about it really. Like HBO hasn't. It's all been promotional pictures and then everyone else has been jumping on it. It's it showed up in Sam's book mm-hmm. about the long night. That's an old dagger. Yeah. Yeah. With Bran and Winterfell knowing everything, I would say that Apart from Roars and Biter, that Littlefinger might be the most unfortunate to be near Bran Stark in Westeros, right? Yeah. Is he going to attempt to assassinate him? With the same knife. Mm. With the same dagger. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's poetic. I could definitely see it, though. Because if, if something like that happens, that's... Oh, man. <laughs> 
that's the end of LF, man. That's the end of Baelish. Yeah, I don't see it going well for him if he tries, but I know that he's got such designs on, well, Sansa in the North that he wouldn't want anything to, you know, pose a threat to that. To compromise that relationship. And if he can see into the throne room, he could have seen Baelish betray Ned Stark to begin with. Oh, for sure. And everything. I mean, we already confirmed that he knows about what happened with Ramsay and Sansa, and that was directly a move from Baelish as well. Do you think that Bran shows up in Winterfell and just looks at everybody who's there and then just starts going through their whole <laughs> history to see what kind of dirt he can get up on them? The it's whole horrible. sexual history of everyone in Westeros. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, again, that's why he's so hollow, because <laughs> it's rough out there. <laughs> um, so he's a question peeping. that I've had a little bit that I've seen floating around is whether or not John and Bran are ever going to actually meet if they'll miss each other. And so I'm curious as to what you guys think about that. If if we think that it's guaranteed and that all of this is kind of leading up to the necessity of them having a conversation and kind of downloading this information to each other, or if we think that there's some possibility that it could play out in a way that Bran and John end up missing each other for whatever reason. If they miss each other, how does John find out about his parentage? How do we find out that next step of... So they clearly set up something in the season finale last year where they revealed that Lyanna was his mother, but they also left that extra mystery of what his real name was. And that's something that's going to tantalize us beyond R plus L equals J. And that's something that they can't just leave by the wayside. So they have to give us an answer. Mm -hmm. Especially if it didn't happen in the the crypt scene from episode two where some of us had speculated that yeah. it could have been Littlefinger that somehow spilled that. Unless anybody else has anybody any specific brand thoughts, we did have a comment from uh, Aaron Allison Mabry who says... I'm not sure if Bran or Melisandre is the Orin of Game of Thrones, but I know it's one of them. So a little Parks and Rec crossover <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> and that was pretty funny. Go away, Orin. I just want to know who the little Sebastian is in Game of Thrones. Maybe it's... Ghost? Gendry? No, Summer. Gendry? Already dead. Summer? <laughs> that means one of them. Right in. Please tell us who, what your opinions are on this crossover. <laughs> uh, okay, so next question, if you guys are ready. And probably the biggest question of the episode is, what did Melisandre mean when she told Varys, I have to die in this strange country just like you? What will she do in Volantis? I was thinking maybe she's going to get a... Some more red priests and tell them that there's two prince that was promised it princes princesses that were promised. Mm-hmm. Tell her like, hey, we're wrong. There's two of them, and you all need to come. Do you think that she believes that there's two of them? I think she's open to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, she's probably going back to the fire pope, saying, "Hey, <laughs> our Messiah." I'm just getting heathen king live right now. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> our, our Messiah or possible messiahs are back in Westeros, like, officially. We know it. Can you guys come and help us out with your fire magic and, you know, help us save the world? Kind of like a rallying of her own magical army. Yeah. That would be awesome. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, I'm into this. And they all have these wonder, wonderful gemstone necklaces, and at the end, <laughs> they have to all take them off and combine the power of the gemstone necklaces. So it's an army <laughs> into of crones. Well, they, they, yeah, well, either that, Crontron? they give all the power to Ghost, and Ghost gets like <laughs> 700 feet tall and eats everyone. Oh, that'd be all the bad we guys. haven't seen him. Wow. They're saving the budget for a 700 foot tall Ghost. I love it. Ghost eats everyone, 2K17. <laughs> 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 well, what's everybody else think? Well, I'm wondering if she went back to Volantis and said, hey, there's two of them, if they would believe her. Because for so long, people have been fixed on, you know, it's the prince that was promised. And even though people have said, well, it could be, you know, Daenerys, no one has ever brought up the fact that there could be multiple messiahs. messiahs. <laughs> um, and I'm just wondering if they would think that you know, she was maybe losing it a little bit or, you know, saying she was misinterpreting things, which we know that she has in the past. Another thing I was thinking about is if we as well should be taking her role literally, you know, um, so not only maybe the people of Volantis might not necessarily buy into what she's trying to sell over there, um, but if we ourselves as a, I almost said reader, but we're not reading this yet, mm-hmm. uh, as somebody who's watching can 
believe anything other than she united ice and fire, what else is there? Does she have any role beyond getting out of the way and then coming back to peacefully die or to predict Varys's death or who said peacefully anything, you know? Yeah. So I, so I know, I know here, so that's what I'm wondering with the, with the death part of it. I'm curious because there are just like everyone in Westeros and everyone in Essos, there are theories out there that Varys and Melisandre are both secret, secret Targaryen. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's mermaid. Go on. Mermaid. And like like Varys was through the Blackfire line and Melisandre was through Bloodraven, if I remember right. So they have King's blood technically. So my question would be what does them being a being secret Targaryens how does that play to their advantage? I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> they can turn into dragons. Well, oh, that makes sense. That's how Varys got to Dorne mermaid quickly. Dragons. The reason I'm I'm lending show credence to this is because they did include the story of how Varys was cut. And that had to do with, you know, genital sacrifice. And then he heard a voice in the flames. Something happened. But you're onto something here. There's something there. I just don't know yeah. what it is. Not that this line means much because it could mean just they die. reference to their station. <laughs> but they said we're both, um, was it Melisandre that said, but we're both not common folk any mm-hmm. longer. Oh, that's true. And they kind of shared yeah. a look. Mm-hmm. It could have just been to say we're counselors and now look how far it's gone. But they've been doing that for a while. Yeah, it's interesting to me. And I'm, I'm curious as to what you guys think about this. If we are to assume, like I think a lot of us are, that uh, Littlefinger is kind of on his last straw as somebody who's been pulling a lot of strings behind the scenes and then to have Varys not make it to the end as another key player who's been pulling a lot of strings behind the scenes how do we think that Varys dying plays into kind of the end game and, and I'm making the assumption that death for Varys and for Melisandre is not this season I'm thinking that we're talking season 8 at this yeah, point it's end game. for both of them yeah. mm-hmm. but curious about your thoughts on just Varys dying and kind of what that means and how that could happen and what we're supposed to think about that I'm starting to wonder if Varys has something to do with, like, whether he's 100% on the Targaryen side. Um, we've talked, like, talked with my roommates about whether there's, like, a, a spy in yeah. Danny's ranks that keeps putting the Lannisters one step ahead. Yeah. And who would that be other than Varys? He's in every meeting with her. He knows all the stuff. And maybe he's just putting money on both Horses. It was Holy totally. Moly. It was totally case. foreshadowed last episode too, with the right. with the betrayal. Because yeah. they had that conversation. Yeah. 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 It was just like Tyrion, Danny, and also Varys in that room talking about what was going to happen at Casterly Rock. Tyrion wouldn't tell his sister. So. And did you see Varys's face at the end of his discussion with Melisandre? How yeah. tan it was. Yes. Oh, that. And <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen Varys shook that hard. So I think yeah. I think he's up to stuff that he's not used to being up to. Yeah. Hmm. Because people have said stuff to him, but he would feel more comfortable if he was fully in charge of everything that he's doing. Well, it's, it's the same thing with Littlefinger. They're both way out of their element right now. They're mm. in their element in King's Landing, scheming against one another. But they underestimated their charges. Yeah. You've got Littlefinger in the north where he's surrounded by Northmen and he can't really scheme very well there. And then Varys is, I don't know, it's, there's something there to it. Varys, pretty tan. <laughs> Went a little Varys too. has legs. He okay. has legs, yeah. He's walking around. He's way out of his, he's out of the sea. <laughs> yep, he's out of his element. Yeah. Yeah, literally and figuratively. <laughs> when I rewatched this episode a couple times this week, I spent one rewatch because I just am psycho specifically watching Varys walking places. (laughs) I believe you. They put a lot of emphasis on his legs in this episode. Well, he runs. They really did. He runs into there and I'm just like... (sighs) Was that a direct response to our podcast or... (laughs) Yes. 100%. To the mermaid theory. They're like, no, he's not a mermaid, guys. Let it go. Look at him (laughs) run. Mermaids don't run like that. I did hear, though, that someone said, you know, who else had legs? Ariel. That's true. I was literally about to say that. Thank you. (laughs) But I I do like this idea. I mean, this is an interesting discussion that we're having about Varys being out of his element and maybe in over his head. And I, I, I'm kind of into this idea of maybe he's the one who's betraying Danny, especially after that super straightforward conversation. And, and maybe there's just too many 
It's interesting because I just feel like we've always assumed that someone like Varys has it under control because he's always been steps ahead of everybody else for so, so long. But the and we've talked about this a lot through the season is that we've got a changing of the guard here. And so we've got some of our underdogs are now the people who are making the calls and making decisions and having an impact on actual politics of Westeros, whereas before there was a different way of thinking. And so I'm into this idea of like these old guard people are out of their element because things are being changed and shaken up a little bit. And Danny, uh, Danny especially has his number, like the way she just came Mm -hmm. right out and confronted him. And, you know, he kind of threw it right back in her face, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, there is something being foreshadowed there, and I don't know what it is. I just don't want to believe that Varys is going to betray Danny. Well, if, in it's probably naive. In but... book terms, Varys betrays everybody. He's he's you know behind Aegon and all of that stuff. But it just seems so short sighted, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's I'm all of Varys and and Illyrio's scheming in the books is all about folly, right? You or read uh, Brendan B. Fish's great essays on it mm-hmm. um, about that conspiracy that, that changes every five minutes, you know, like they just are winging it, but they're trying to get this perfect Prince installed. And Varys is also just kind of winging it when it comes to uh, installing a Targaryen, no matter if it was Viserys or or Danny, which is interesting. Then I think that from a show perspective, why he would betray Danny for the Lannister side. Yeah, that's kind of bizarre. Because I do think that this whole yeah Targaryen at any cost thing, from a book perspective, definitely holds a lot of weight. But from a show perspective, it seems like an interesting choice for him to then side with the Lannisters. But I don't. I don't know. We have um, Jeff. Burleson, who commented on our Facebook, who talked about how Varys will have to die, or Varys will die from this betrayal to Danny, and that this all kind of ties together, um, and that's that's what Melisandre is alluding to, and that she'll so. gather the army of Valor to come fight the others. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so Varys is. Let's just assume he's in the mix there somewhere, stuck between people that he could potentially be working for on both sides. That's tough. Yeah. Man, I shudder to think about the reaction he's going to have when he learns that the Long Night and the Night King and the White Walkers are all real. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a scene when he sees, you know, ice spiders or whatever. <laughs> Just think about it. It's going to be a scene for all of us. That, it's yeah. going to cut right to his legs running as fast as he can. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> he jumps into the water and swims away. He turns into a <laughs> 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 But he's a dragon, too, he turns into a dragon mermaid. Yeah, it's a harpy. Oh, Oh my gosh. Next question is, will we see a wedge develop between Cersei and Jaime this season? Both Euron, Greyjoy, and the new Elena revelation could cause a rift between the two siblings, or is their alliance as strong as ever? There had better be a wedge or a rift or a canyon or something. (laughs) Yeah, A canyon? At the very least, a pillow. (laughs) Well, he was saying no. He w- he was like, no, nah, I'm not up for this. I, I just want to. You saw the same scene was. I saw. Don't give me that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he might be in a little bit of denial almost because yeah. like, he wants to. He wants Cersei to be maybe a little more sane and he wants to believe that they are the only two that matter. But at the same time, he's getting all this stuff thrown at him like, you know, no, she's she's kind of crazy you know you might have to cut her loose and i think something huge is going to have to happen for him to actually come to terms with it but i also think he should just leave king's landing and go yeah. somewhere north somewhere north with <laughs> somewhere. a certain someone, someone. 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 Brienne Bull 2k17 just saying <laughs> have you guys noticed that the only people that he's really talked to since since he left brienne have been kingslayers like you've had Walder Frey, you've got Euron Greyjoy, you've got you, we could consider Cersei, but then you've got Elena Tyrell, and all of them have murdered kings somehow, and that reflects on the Kingslayer himself. Like when he talked to Walder Frey, it was, God, am I turning into this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, when he sees Euron, he sees that younger version of himself before 
Brienne came along and kind of, you know, made him humble. And he lost his hand. Yeah, and he and he lost his hand. And and it's that that cocky kind of Trumpian, you know, um, Euron that everybody like Hannah's so in love with. God, I, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, but then I feel like I need alone. to constantly defend myself. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. Here. <laughs> but then Did you see this flourish of a bow at the end of it. Sorry, Grant. No, it's okay. It was the most when he was just like ha ah, in front of Cersei. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what Book Euron would have done, though, right? Yes, mm-hmm. I we can think say so. anything we want about Euron, but I feel like he is not too far off from book you're on which is lucky mm-hmm. one more one more thing his last conversation with olena was about um joffrey being murdered but it was to protect her granddaughter it was it was to protect her from somebody who is a vicious abuser and i think jamie can understand that because that's why he killed Ares. you know it was to protect the kingdom it was to stop burning everything mm-hmm it was to stop the Mad King, and and now he's he's in bed with the Mad Queen. So maybe he'll smarten up finally. I feel like after he didn't do anything when Cersei blew up the Sept, I'm not really sure what's gonna actually cause a rift between them, other than maybe Tyrion. Other than that, I'm I don't think she can do anything worse. You're right. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was what he literally killed the king to stop him from doing. Yeah. But he lets her do it. And he's still sleeping with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forgetting the moments That's what of I've been worried about. recollection at White Sword Tower. Mm-hmm. So Grant, you're saying that because of those conversations, he finally met one that he related to that he can relate for the reasons why she did it. And maybe in that he can see, I guess, maybe growing and understanding what he did inside of himself. And that would change how he sees Cersei. I could only hope that the, the show would be that deep, but I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> we had this really great comment from Derek Foster that is exactly on the same lines that kind of sums up everything we're trying to say. And he says, yes, Jamie is the Kingslayer. And I strongly believe that he will kill Cersei in the end, the same as he did or the same as he killed Aegon. Cersei is a mad queen, and her actions are very similar to the mad king's. He'll see that the war is shifting in Danny's favor, and as Cersei has shown at Baylor, she's willing to burn the city down. I expect Jaime to become the queen slayer to protect the people, just as he did when he became the king slayer. So yeah, kind of again, hearkening back to Cersei is turning into the mad queen, and, and oh, whether or not sure. Jaime's going to be able to pick up on each and every one of those things over the course of the next couple episodes. Jamie is my favorite character. Like I I love him. I'll go to bat for him for anything. But I I feel like Nikolai said in like the off season that he feels like Jamie's storyline resets like every season. Yeah. And I feel like you can sometimes see that like he he makes so much progress with Brienne and then he's just within a few episodes it's kind of lost. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just that he's in King's Landing and he's lost, but um, I feel like it would have been more authentic to see him slowly realize it for himself that he wants to separate himself and to see the consistent development in Jamie instead of like he makes 12 steps forward and then he takes like 11 steps backwards. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried for him. No, it is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's jarring. Would you guys say that this episode was a step back for him? Mm hmm. With the way he was strutting? No, that steps yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah, that march, <laughs> honestly, great. with the reins of Castamere in the background with Braun behind <laughs> no. him. If anything, it may have been like a shuffle yeah. sideways, but I don't think it was a step back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only time he lost his cool in the conversation with Olena is when she started to talk badly about Cersei. He's like, all right, then I'm going to leave. He's like, I don't need fair. to talk about this with you. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, I mean, he just looked her straight in the eyes and took whatever she had to say until he started to talk bad. But maybe that's just her hitting a nerve, hitting with mm-hmm. and agreeing with something that he doesn't want to acknowledge he feels too. I don't maybe, know. Maybe it will be Euron that does it finally, you know, like if she turns away from him to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm wondering. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested and excited to see that play out because there is very obviously I mean, hello, we used this conversation that they had in this episode, a rift between Jamie and Euron, and Jamie is not thrilled about Euron's no, he's, he, actions and parading. He's a, bull, so I, he's a bully. He finds a weakness mm-hmm. and he exploits it. And mm-hmm. 
you know, he emasculates Jamie every single time he sees him. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it gets under your skin. And that's that's the point of that character. Yeah, yeah. I think that Euron's going to play a big role in the, in in driving this wedge. Well, then yay, Euron. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> on Sunday night, we have an episode titled "Spoils of War" coming on our television mm-hmm. screen. Is that the episode title? That's the title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, "Spoils of War." That's pretty cool. I'm really excited. Really, really excited. We haven't seen much actual war yet. Well, we always get about 13 seconds of battle, and then it's done. So I'm hoping that there's some warring okay. happening. Are we getting a field of fire? Oh, I hope so. Well, we're definitely getting spoils. And if so, if we if we do get a field of fire, what is Jamie charging towards? Is he going to be the dragon slayer? I don't know. Mm. Maybe he's charging like, away. <laughs> oh, I have I have bad feelings about Bron. I don't want to talk about Bron and fire, guys. <laughs> well, so. I saw a picture today. I think it was one of the ones they released during the new episode, but it's yeah. just them in a field and they, they look very concerned. Oof. And mm-hmm. neither yeah. of them are on fire, but <laughs> I just have a bad feeling. So I wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't get too attached. I know. <laughs> I'm too attached. Too late. I know. We haven't lost any major characters yet this season, really, except for the Sand Snakes. That's um, been it. Olena. Well, Olena. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jeez. Well, she was alive when we last saw her. I forgot yeah. all that. <laughs> true. Oh, wow, that death scene. Oh, man. Like, mm-hmm. how can you. It almost wasn't sad. How can you drop a mic on your life? Like, the, the, the most depressing thing about that is none of us will be that cool ever in our That's lives. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'm all right, though, with her having that she deserved it yeah mm-hmm. totally Plus, look where she lives she can have it yeah <laughs> she had an antidote the whole time oh, no, she, she's just tough enough that she, she could just handle it yeah well that too yeah. have some tea we've seen episode three it's been i mean you guys have been listening to us and we've been reading your tweets so i feel like we've all been this in this together so it's been a long road but uh daenerys and john finally met mm-hmm. and we can only expect more to blossom we're three episodes into a seven episode season episode four is this weekend how do you guys feel overall about season seven and just in general just how things have been it's been fast like i understand that they have to speed things up but it's it's there's a lot being thrown at us and i'm okay with it um but it's just like every episode there's there's no breathing room but i'm okay with it i'm okay with it too like i'm yeah We've been looking, we've been so looking forward to John and Danny for years and years and years. And they, I felt like they let that scene breathe nicely, even though Mm -hmm. everything is happening so fast. They are still hitting little character moments. Like we are, we are so lucky to have gotten that Olena Terrell farewell, you know, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of people give the show shit about, you know, not handling characters correctly but they still will give us those character moments that we we are here for yeah i think um before the season started when all the interviews were saying how fast it was going to be and how epic it's going to be the whole time there's just gonna be battle after battle i was a little worried we were going to lose those one-on-one character moments because those are i think some of the best parts of the show so i'm really happy that they've kept those going um the Tyrion and John uh, scenes from this episode, I thought were like some of the best. Um, so yeah, I I would prefer those moments and then just skip to the end of the High Garden battle. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. skip think that end. we missed anything <laughs> with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, with with things like the High Garden fight, we don't lose anything by not seeing it. Like if they didn't show the field of fire, we would lose something by not. Seeing it, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and that sequence where Jamie was walking up to the tower was I amazing. Mean, With a little bit of Reigns of Castamere in the background, mm-hmm. that was amazing. Was that not one of your your favorite in the whole show? It was mm-hmm. just it was top, it had to be top. I don't know six for me. Weird yeah. number. <laughs> top seven and a half. <laughs> I don't know. I really liked it. It just kept cutting back to him, and it's just in the ah, it's so cool. I just rewatched it last night, and you know they just filmed it in a long take. So somewhere there's just a long take of him just walking up a castle. And it's That's super, cool. Super cool. With, with the way it cut, it felt like, you know, some kind of Kubrickian, you know, 
stone mm-hmm. technique. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. He's center frame. He's moving forward constantly and then skip to the next thing where he's up a level and then an, up another level then at the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that Game of Thrones now has become its own genre and that we can play inside of that genre. Yeah. Right. And inside of that world. And I think that now that we're six, seven, we were six, but now we're definitely seven, so I guess seven, <laughs> eight episodes into the series now. They've had all this time to learn and to, you know, take risks and to brainstorm, you know, and put cool ideas up. And I'm excited to see what they have saved up for us for the rest of the season. There's still so many characters they have to meet too. Like just seeing Davos tell off Danny was like one of the top five favorite. (laughs) (laughs) He's it's just the two shot of Danny and John talking, and all of a sudden Davos just steps forward, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is about Davos about to throw some shit down." Focus pulls off, and I'm here for it. Yeah, he's all salty after Masande was mean to him. He's ready to go. Most of the word from critics I've I've seen after this episode has been that the Danny and John scenes were superb. And I thought it was, it was just ripe to be torn apart because it's like, there's so much pressure to get that dialogue, right? Especially when they're the only ones talking to each other. Um, But I don't think I was alone. I I guess I know I wasn't alone. I thought it was after a few watches, just so true to their characters Mm -hmm. and so true to that throne room because like the, the conversations went that way because everyone in that room liked each other sincerely. They were talking about serious stuff, but they liked each other. Like they respected each other, at least I thought. And that's why they were able to have that kind of candid conversation standing. It ended up, she started on the throne, but they, you know, they ended up standing all beside each other. Well, and they, they, they disarmed him so much. Like they, they took, they took away his sword. They took away his boat. You know, the dragons fly up. That's intimidating him. He's in that big long hallway and she's just sitting there and, this is all supposed to be an intimidation tactic and we're supposed to worry about him, but we know Danny yeah. it shouldn't, they, these two should get along, but instead when they stand face to face, it's like I, I said before the episode, I think this is like when the rock met Hulk Hogan, you know, like, they're, <laughs> wow. They're, I like that. They're like facing off and then turning to the crowd and waiting, <laughs> waiting for somebody to throw a punch, but nobody does. Everyone's just throwing hands in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think we're going to get, we're going to continue to see these long drawn out, John and Danny scenes. Do you think that this is kind of going to continue to be the backbone of what we've got through the rest of the season? Or do you think that we're going to transition? If they're end game, we have to care about their relationship if they're end game. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I think they're, they're going to reach a common ground. I know that was one of the questions that you guys put on Facebook, but I think I think Danny was starting to warm up to him a little bit towards the end when she's like, you have to get to work, Jon Snow. Um mm-hmm. She didn't say it like that. Longing look. <laughs> it was a smile. She did have a last longing look. I don't know if it was a longing look. I think it was more contemplative. But mm-hmm. I also, mm-hmm. the thought of Danny and John together gives me rash. So <laughs> <laughs> You're not Team Janaris yet? I can't. I just I can't do it. No. But what about our episode with Radio Westeros? Weren't you convinced? What about the slideshow video we created and put it on our Twitter? That was yeah, wonderful. That, didn't convince you. That, you? that was amazing. You guys like that J-Lo? I'm a hard sell. So. I tend to agree with that. Like, I make a lot of jokes about it, and I think it's kind of fun. But I do think that, like... I could go either way. And I think that the thing that I like the most about their relationship that I'm excited to watch build on, and this doesn't even have to be romantic, is the fact that they have such a mutual or they will have this mutual understanding and they approach things in such a similar way that I think that there's going to be a lot of respect for each other there. And I'm really looking forward to these long conversations that we've had in episode three. And I would love it if we could continue to explore this these two people coming together with these two very different experiences with both of them feeling like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. I would love it if we still had these long drawn out Danny and John scenes throughout the rest of the season, because I think that they've got a really big job to do and they've got a great chemistry and it doesn't have to be romantic. It can't be romantic. I wouldn't (laughs) hate it if it was, but I do think that like they've got something powerful and I'm, excited to see them to con- I'm excited to see them continue to explore what that's going to look like. Yeah, I want to see them evolve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long he's going to stay at Dragonstone though. An episode or two maybe. He's got to go 
north. Yeah. He's got to go beyond the wall. He's got I stuff just, to do. And she's got to go with her dragons to do whatever she's got to do. Right. I just, maybe we'll get another episode of them, but then I feel like they're going to go their separate ways before, uh, obviously, eventually coming back together. But Or they're going to fall in love and he's going to miss <laughs> his flight and yeah. he's just going to stay like, there forever. I miss his flight. <laughs> wow. I had a daydream last night. I think it was a night dream, but I wasn't asleep. <laughs> and and going on? it was John and Daenerys growing close because she won't let him leave. And the dragon glass is getting mined. And then, and then fast forward however long later and stuff's going down. And like, they've made such a friendship with each other at this point that for some reason, even though she has much closer friends there, I guess she maybe subconsciously considers him more capable because he's a he's a pretty stout dude. He's pretty good with the sword, at least. I, I just imagine if stuff goes down, she's got to leave really quickly. Like, oh, I've got to go fight this, and maybe they're ha- mid hangout when she gets the news, and she's like, I got to jump on my dragons and go. What if she was like, you need to come with me, and <laughs> tells him to get on one of the dragons? Whoa. That would need some kind of montage. That would require a montage. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta do a montage. I think that's an interesting day-night dream. Well, we're going to leave you with that before we transition (laughs) into owns. No big deal. Just doing it with the best owners ever. (laughs) No big deal. We're going to have no owns to read. (laughs) Oh, yes, you are. Okay, in preparation for this episode, since I knew you guys were going to be on with us, I purposely left your owns off of our own call sheet that we read from in the hopes that you would give it to us live. Um, So if each of you could do us the honors and let us know your own for the episode, that would be great. I'll go ahead. Okay, I'll go. Oh, Oh. go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was going to say my own goes to, or my own Lena, excuse me, goes to Olana because (laughs) everyone else, you know. I figure everyone else gave her an own and I'm jumping on that train because she, she did. I mean, they said in the interview after the show that she, she owned her own death scene and she did or she wanted regardless. I'm messing this up. So Grant, you go. She's like, I'm better on Twitter. <laughs> You're doing amazing. My own went to Samuel Tarley for reading the book and following the instructions. Like curing grayscale was building a goddamn ikea dresser <laughs> but, are you gonna read your hashtags i but, know they're there but i also i also shouted at the screen not to shake the man not to shake the hand of the man oh. who just oh. had the highly contagious <laughs> infectious disease yeah at least don't linger <laughs> it was sweet now everybody has grayscale maybe the Yay. paper mites will eat the grayscale at least he can cure it if he gets it that's true, true. True, true, true. He's going to Valyria to get an army of stone men. Cure him. Save the day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Confirmed. And paper mites. Pretty here first and last. <laughs> first and last. So on Sunday I said Olena, but on second watch I changed my mind to my one true king, Rob Stark, for mm. his Whoa. wonderful Even battle strategy. Yes, always. Um, that, <laughs> that Jamie copied from him. So... Mm. That's a good one. Love it. No big deal, Rob. Still getting owns in season seven. <laughs> Every day. Always. <laughs> um, I gave my own to the cinematography in this episode. As a film school nerd, I lost it one first. The Jamie, like the Jamie shots were amazing. And just how absolutely gorgeous the shots were of John and Tyrion on the cliffs and John and Daenerys on the cliffs. I, I couldn't look away. Like it's hard. It was amazing. Did you notice the shot where the camera was off the cliff, about like yeah. seventeen feet? You know what I mean, on a crane, yeah. and was pointed Yo. back toward them. That was so cool. That's amazing. There's yeah. also the shot when uh, John is leaving Daenerys' chambers, and it's dark, and he's silhouetted and looks exactly like Ned, oh, with the hair and the Ooh, armor, and you're yes. just like Ned. Uh, ev- there's just in every scene you could just look for how beautifully they shot it. So own to that. That was my own, by the way, from the last episode. Whoa. That's a good own. <laughs> Is that everybody? We, I did that everybody. Go. I think everybody went. Did, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I can give another one if you need a second. <laughs> I can do a double <laughs> I can do another kind of. If you need another no one, said 2K17, I'm just confused. Sorry. It's like, <laughs> I'm just confused. Sorry. Well, I, I could talk about Ilaria for a little bit, but that might... <laughs> It's another podcast. <laughs> I can talk more about how they showed Jamie's butt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. 
own to that. <laughs> Thank you, cinematography. I could talk about how they mentioned Torrin Stark, the king who knelt, because everybody thinks John is going to be the second king who knelt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Foreshadowing. Well, going back to Jamie's rear end, you could talk about how worried people were that Cersei <laughs> might not deploy them. Yeah. yeah. I was terrified. I was like, girl, you better clean your mouth. <laughs> you kill my boy like that, I swear to God. So before we descend into chaos, we descend into our owns with All-Star Game of Owns. Hi, this is Gormel, 357-lover. And this song is called Song of Arya. First own of the evening goes, comes from Bryce D. L. Akery, who says, owned a brand from mo- moving back into his parents' basement with unlimited high-speed wearnet access. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephanie Merrill at S. Merrily. Preemptive owned to Danny's face when Jorah returns, and she finds out John is indirectly responsible for curing him. Hashtag Maester Sam. Jerry and Laos. Owned to Cersei for how she negotiated with the rep from the Iron Bank. Wish I had the balls to talk to my bank like that about my credit card. (laughs) (laughs) So next is at Names Too Common. My own goes to Rhaegal and Viserion for swooping by and yelling, no shit, as John said he wasn't a Stark. (laughs) Hashtag, uh, go fawn over your aunt, I guess. (laughs) Dragon definitely was like, no shit. (laughs) That's hilarious. Brendan Fitzpatrick, owned to the music in this episode, especially Reigns of Castamere coming in and playing over Jamie at High Garden Reveal and Walk. Agreed. Mm-hmm. At Graham in Ireland writes, own to Sir Davos for keeping John's resume to two pages or less. <laughs> Hashtag right man for the job. Debs Curtis says, own to Olena for raging against the dying of the light like the gangsta lady she was born to be. Hashtag slaying when others would be praying. <laughs> oh. Amanda Taylor at so cute Amanda, my own goes to Cersei for inspiring the new trend of pixie cuts in King's Landing, which she did. She did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's she it did. to you at ICYI? First own ever goes to Davos for getting to the point. Jon Snow, <laughs> he's king of the north. Hashtag less is more. That was an awesome Davos. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at Petite Pensus, owns to the Brooding Bastards album cover John and Tyrion were clearly posing for on the Cliffs of Dragonstone. Hashtag brooding hair off. <laughs> Marlene Montooth owned to whichever dragon purposely dive bomb Jon Snow. Hashtag wet me undies. <laughs> Bookum Dano. Owned to Samuel Tarly for forcing dear old dad to ride into battle with his backup sword. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag cheap talk off. Hashtag as seen on TV. Hashtag four easy payments. <laughs> That's a good own. God lord. That's great. At Jem Morris. Owned to Cersei for getting the sheets changed. Hashtag fresh linen. Hashtag no shame. Hashtag baby Lannister 2K18. That's dark. No. No. Anya <laughs> Trudolph owned a Sansa for starting to let on and holding down the fort. Hashtag finally. Hashtag team Sansa. Yes. Mm-hmm. When John said she's starting mm-hmm. to let on. Sure is. Wow. Yeah. Love it. At the Polycrafter, owned to Euron for subtly destroying Jamie in front of the Iron Throne twice in a row. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> we'll talk later. Uh, uh, Lane McCurran says, tell Lady Olena I want her to know she's my own. Oh, oh. <laughs> so good. So good. That's so cool. <laughs> Sam Rosenberg owned to Braun for having no lines, but still getting his best catchphrase in the episode. Hashtag 10 good men. Hashtag impregnate the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Cry havoc on Twitter. Own goes to Brian for telling Sansa about John's parentage. Oh, wait, he didn't. Next, we have Drinking GOT, who says, Own to brand for doing a ton of acid and coming home from art school all (laughs) different. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Lewis said, My own goes to Davos for being the best hype man in the Seven Kingdoms. Yes. Mm -hmm. At Training Maester, Own goes to Sam for shaking Jorah's hand without a glove. First human contact in ages, and it was a kind one. Thoughtful. My cold, dead heart. Travis Cole says... At least you're honest. (laughs) (laughs) You should read Travis Cole's handle. (laughs) I love it. Our mother, Travis Cole, at The Naked Baby, says, My own goes to Bronn for getting quoted by Tyrion and for rolling into Highgarden like a boss. Hashtag, give me ten good men and I'll impregnate the bitch. 
Mike Moss said, Own to Brand for having the self-confidence that he'll be able to leave the weirwood tree once Sansa departs. Hashtag dude, where's my sled? <laughs> Too real. <laughs> Dire Corgi writes to us from the north, Own to Tyrion for recognizing he has no chance in an emo contest against a guy wearing a man bud and fur coat on a southern aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, that's true. Our BFF Kim Renfro says, Own to Cersei's handmaiden for just getting the same haircut and dress as her new boss. Hashtag loyal employee hashtag crazy Cersei uniform 2k17 <laughs> mr crimson 99 says own to Euron for having the balls to ask jamie for sex tips hashtag we'll talk later hashtag Euron mary Cersei 2k17 and side note i really want to see that wedding <laughs> <laughs> the red will run it'll be so god matt lyden at mpfk own to sam for starting a wonderful dermatology program at the citadel hashtag <laughs> don't forget to exfoliate Maybe you just follow the directions i don't know why i'm so impressed <laughs> it's not like you cure grayscale or anything oh wait anyway just saying steph nelson says owned Tyrion for explaining my life i was drunk pretty much the whole time bonus to elena going out like a fucking champ <laughs> true story robert targaryen says own goes to cersei in two episodes cersei took four of danny's pieces off the board if she's not owning i don't know who is the pete awaken writes own to cersei for finally getting a good night's sleep hashtag incest rest hashtag sand snake zzz. <laughs> uh next we have at power howard own to jor for getting some bomb rest to heal that grayscale Oh, and also hashtag blessed for some help from the climate. Kate Sizemore says, own to Sam for reading the fucking manual. Hashtag book save Westeros, Kate 17. Stephanie at Stephanie underscore JC. There are no owns this week. There are only Olenas. Olenas. Nice, Stephanie. Shout out to Stephanie, who is our cousin. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Family affair. He sure is. Um, and Radio Westeros says, own to the paper mites in the Citadel for eating flesh. On Facebook, Lou John, own to Bran for being like your vegan cousin who shows up at Thanksgiving and decides to describe how turkeys are slaughtered during dinner. Hashtag, I was just asking a question. Hashtag, did you have to bring that night up? Abby, Elisa, <laughs> on so Facebook, funny. so many great moments, but my own has to go to Elena Tyrell for going out with one last mic drop. Roses are red and Joffrey was blue. Your son is dead. I'm a Kingslayer too. Hashtag, dying roses still have thorns. Uh, next, we have Megan Hendricks, who says, first ever own. Welcome. After about a year of listening to the podcast, this episode was stacked higher than the wall with my own worthy moments. My own goes to Brand with his, I need to speak with John and it's complicated lines. I can't be the only one hoping for a Rhaegar scene. Hashtag flashbacks, anyone? Hashtag understatements of the year. Honorable mentions to Daenerys calling out Tyrion's wise man quotes, Tyrion's comments about brooding, and Jon's reaction to the dragons. Hashtag might have to check your small clothes. Anna Morale, I'm sorry I slaughtered that. My own goes to the side aid. Jon Snow gave Davos right before his he spilled the resurrection news. Hashtag is stabbed in the heart a euphemism. Hashtag STFU side eye. Hashtag my rebirth was cooler than your rebirth. Ellie <laughs> <laughs> wow. Claire Tarwater. Uh, so difficult to choose, but I think I have to go with Tyrion. White Walkers, the Night King, the Army of the Dead. It's almost a relief to confront a comfortable, familiar <laughs> monster like my sister. Yeah. <laughs> Ashea from the History of Westeros says, own to Indira Barma for her fantastic acting. Truly moved despite hating the Ilaria stuff overall. So good. So true. Sabrina Tobin, owned to Sam for taking some liquid luck and not getting grayscale, or worse, expelled. Hashtag 50 points to House Tarly. 50 points to you. Tony Ferry, my own goes to the real heroes of the episode. Rest and climate. Hashtag grayscale cure. And last but definitely not least, Ashley Costello on Facebook says, my own goes to Ned and Kat. Must have been really tough raising Bran. Oh. <laughs> Raisin Bran. <laughs> so many jokes in one. Well yeah, that's layers, layers and layers. Dropping the sunglasses. I love it. Raisin Bran. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Grant, Jen, Amy, Marianne, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast and thank you so much Seriously. for listening for all these years and writing in owns every week. I'm so, this has been, especially after doing those owns, this has been so uh, a little surreal and so special. Thank you. It was thank- fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Of course. It's been a dream.
So we're really glad that we got to do this together. You guys were fun to podcast with. Yeah, I've never done this before, so I enjoyed it. Same. Mm -hmm. If you guys want to send in your own owns, you can find them on Twitter at Game of Owns, on Facebook at Game of Owns, or you can email them at contact at gameofowns.com. Thank you. I feel like you guys haven't had the, the, um, this is the month of August, so when you go on iTunes, leave five stars because only (laughs) Only five stars stars. will do. This is the month of oh, August. <laughs> Anything less than five stars will get you poisoned wine. Yeah. <laughs> Anything less than five stars and we'll push you out of the high tower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jamie will push you out of the high tower. Don't let that tempt any of you, Calhoun. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's butt Deal. will push you out. <laughs> Four stars for you. Worth it. <laughs> we also have a, another podcast, Rewatch the Throne, if you're interested in rewatching we started from the very beginning and we are now making our way through season two with our friend evan so you can find that over at rewatchthethrone.com and blackwater is next by the way yeah so no big deal yeah we're really (laughs) excited for that i'm excited to hear brand and or not brand but brand (laughs) also brand (laughs) well um guys uh like we said this has been a really cool second episode of the week for such an important I'm meeting of Ice and Fire, and I feel like we kind of met Ice and Fire here. If, I don't really know which is which, but finally the show came together, just all together perfectly. <laughs> yeah, this is why. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. And we'll be back early next week with our review of season seven, episode four, Spoils of War. So stay tuned. <laughs>